Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 4. And we're going to read 1 through 7. That's 2 Kings chapter 4, 1 through 7. And a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, go, borrow vessels from everywhere, from all of your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you had come in, you shall shut the door behind you, you and your sons, then pour it all into those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel so the oil ceased in verse 7 then she came and told the man of God and he said go sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons live on the rest in the church I grew up they used to say let, a, let, a, let the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word I heard this story a couple of weeks ago on my sabbatical, and, and man, I'll tell you what, I thoroughly enjoyed my sabbatical. Last week was my first Sunday back, and so good to be back. I'm just excited to see you. I missed you, but I really enjoyed the sabbatical. And so I heard this story on my sabbatical, and it, it kind of compares to if it was Stacy and I, to be quite honest with you. But uh, in this particular story, there was this pastor and his wife, and uh, they were living on a pretty tight budget, a pretty structured budget. But the first lady, his wife, went to the store and she saw this dress. And the dress was on display and the dress was calling her name. And the enemy himself said, you need to buy that dress. No, matter of fact, the enemy first said, you need to uh, try that dress on. And so uh, she said, okay, okay, I'll try. It don't hurt, no harm in trying to dress on, right? So she tried to dress on, and the enemy said, you need to look in the mirror at that dress. And so she looked at the mirror, looked in the mirror, and saw how good she looked in the dress. And the enemy said, look at the price tag. And the, on the price tag, it was quadrupled the amount of budget she had that day to spend on a dress but the enemy said, you need to go ahead and buy this dress. And so Satan's talking to her. Go ahead, buy the dress. It looks good on you. And she said, you know what? It does look good on me. And you know what? I've got to have this dress. It's talking to me. I've got to have it. So she bought the dress and she went home and she told her husband, the pastor. And she said to him, honey, look at this dress I bought. And the first thing he looked at was the price tag. He said, oh my gosh, we are on a strict budget. How dare you spend this much money on the dress? She said, I couldn't help it. The enemy was talking to me. Satan was telling me to get it. It looked so good on me. I just couldn't help it. She said, you should have told him, Satan, get thee behind me. And she said, I did. But Satan said, 
you look good from back there too. <laughs> Woo! That story made me laugh. Has nothing to do with my message today, but it was so good. So in this passage of scripture, we see this woman. She's married to a man of God. He's a prophet. And this man of God unexpectedly, untimely dies. And she's left with two sons. And imagine just for a moment how she feels. Put yourself in her shoes. A source of income, a husband, a father, a friend has departed the earth. And as she doesn't know what to do, She's feeling overwhelmed. She's feeling pressure. She's feeling like she can't do it on her own. She's feeling like, how am I going to be able to withhold and support and sustain this household without my husband? I mean, my husband has done everything for me. He was a good provider, man of God, leader, priest, prayer in the home. And now he is gone. Scriptures there tells us that right after that the creditors, right after the man died, the creditors contacted her and said, you know what? We're going to take your two sons as slaves so that they can pay off the debt that you guys owe. Now, she did the right thing. She went to the man of God. But just imagine, just for a moment, that you are in debt. And someone is coming, legally, lawfully, coming to take your kids, your loved ones, your grandkids, so that they can be used as slaves to pay off the debt that you owe. Footnote, don't ever leave your family in a situation like this. Breadwinners in the, in the house, don't ever, men or women, whatever, don't ever leave your family in a situation like this. Uh, have some money in the savings account. Pay some bills off. Get you a life insurance policy. I mean, don't ever leave your family in a predicament that they have to feel so much pressure financially that someone is going to literally come and take their kids and use them as slaves to pay off the debt. Well, thank God that she had enough sense to go to the man of God. And she shows up to Elijah and she says to Elisha, your servant, my husband is dead. What am I to do? I love what Elijah says to her. He says, what am I to do for you? What do you have in the house? What do you have in your hand? Now notice God's not concerned about what you don't have in the house. He's interested in what you have in the house. See, many of us, we like to think about, well, I wish I had this and I wish I had that, but God's saying, what do you have? Because whatever is small to you is large to him. Whatever means much for you means much to him. So what do you have in your house? What do you have in your hand? And she says, I have nothing. Now, that's a lie. We all have 
something. She says, I have nothing. Oh, except I have a look of jar of oil. Little jar. Little jar of oil. She says, okay. The man of God says, I, I know what we need to do. Because imagine for a moment, you've, you've lost it all. Your husband was your everything. Your, your, your companion, your friend, your, your mother, your, your grandchild, your grandmother, they were everything to you. And you, and, and they, and you lost them. And you can't even think straight of what do I have in the house. But I have a little jar of oil. He says, okay, here, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go borrow as many vessels as you can. I want you to go and collect. Ask your neighbors, ask your friends, ask your coworkers for vessels. They got to be empty. I need empty vessels because God wants to fill empty vessels. Uh, footnote, uh, you were an empty vessel and God wanted to fill you up. But, but, but don't get distracted by just the oil. You is who he's talking about. So he says, go, go, go. Gather empty vessels. Get a bunch of them. Borrow them. Not a few, a whole lot. Let me pause here for a second because most of us have a problem with this word borrow. Borrow has a negative undertone. Matter of fact, some of you sitting here with me today, or some of you are live stream with me right now. And when I say, hey, go to your next door neighbor and borrow a couple of eggs, you got a whole huge problem with that. I don't want them to know that I need eggs. I mean, I got my own money and I can go get my own eggs and I don't want, I don't want nobody to know what I need. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you have such a hard time borrowing, even releasing your pride and humbling yourself just for a second to ask, can I borrow your ink pen? Some people have a, a huge problem with this word borrow. And there's, there, there is negative undertones with this word borrow. But the man of God had a word from God for her. And that word of God was what? Oh, I've been talking about borrowing. Y'all don't know what we're talking about. Let me say it again. And that word of God was what? Borrow. borrow. He said, borrow empty vessels. Borrow. Now, there, you know, I know there are some of you in here today, some of you listen to me now. Uh, you love to borrow. You can go borrow whatever you want. Let me just borrow. You're you so bold, you walk somebody and say, let me borrow your car right now. I mean, that's how bold. You just love to borrow. But, but for the most of us, we don't like to borrow from someone else that we know unless... We're going to borrow from a credit card company or we're going to borrow from Sears or JCPenney. Oh, come on. We, we, we don't have no problem borrowing from them. But somebody you know got a huge problem borrowing from them. Well, the Lord spoke to her and said, borrow. In 2012, Stacy, I, and Zavin at the time, we've added two more since then, we were living in the university area. And in a, in a small house, and, um, you know, as our family was growing, that house was getting smaller. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The house was getting smaller as the family was growing. And so we were living there, and, you know, it was, I had, I had bought the house when I was single, got married to Stacy. We had Zai, eventually Zavin. And so that house is getting a little tight. And uh, Stacy said, hey, I want to start 
um, you know, maybe looking for a bigger house. Well, this is in 2012. How many remember what was going on in 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12? We're talking about upside down markets. We were in the water for that home about $12,000, upside down. That means we owed more money than the house was worth, about $12,000. And so she, she's saying, let's go look for a new home. I'm saying that doesn't make any sense. We're upside down on this house. And I thought, okay, you know what? Let me pray about it. And I begin to pray about it. And the Lord said, go look for a new house. And so I said, okay. I said, you know what? I'm going to release you to go look for a new house. I'm not going with you, okay? But I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to let you go, okay? And, and we got a realtor that we knew, and she went looking, and she had some houses she saw. I want you to come see it. No, I don't want to go see that house. And, and because, you know, I'm thinking about the money. Am I the only one here that's thinking about the money? I'm thinking about the money. I'm like, it doesn't, you know, we're going to, how are we going to go, you know, get this house? And if we sell, we got to come to closing with $12,000 just to get rid of this house. You want to get in this house? And, and so she's looking and I'm saying to me, she's not making any sense, but I heard the Lord say, go ahead, release her, let her go look. And so she went looking and finally she said, I really want you to come find, uh, come with me to look at this particular house in this particular neighborhood. I said, okay, I'll go with you. And the neighborhood was an Indian trail. I live in Indian trail. Neighborhood was an Indian trail. I thought there's no way I'm moving way out to Indian trail, right? We're in the University of Charlotte. I liked it, not going to Indian trail, but I said, I'll ride with you and go look at the house. Well, a year or so before that, I had drove in the Indian Trail, and as soon as I saw the Indian Trail sign, now this was a year before, as soon as I saw the Indian Trail sign, something leaped in my spirit. I thought our church was supposed to be an Indian Trail. I thought maybe we we're supposed to move the church to the Indian Trail. The Lord said no, but he didn't tell me anything else just other than something leapt, my, my spirit, not something, my spirit leapt on the inside of me. And so I said, okay, we're going to intro. I walk into the model home and we were going to look at a home that was already built, but I walked into the model home of this house. As soon as I walked into the model home, met a nice kind lady, her name is Kim. I actually still talk to Kim today. Great lady. Met her and she walked us around the house. I don't even know why she walked us around the house. We weren't supposed to look at that house. She walked us around the model home. As soon as I got into the master bedroom, I knew right away, we're supposed to buy this house. I, I knew I turned to station. She saw that look on my face. I said, listen, this is the house we're supposed to buy. And she was like, this is the one? We never even saw the other house we were supposed to go look at. I said, this is the house we're supposed to buy. We got to talking, that sort of thing. We left. And I'm sitting there thinking, I know we're supposed to buy this house. But we are already in a current situation and we're upside down. And so I'm laying in the bed and I'm praying about it. And the Lord says, buy that house. And I'm like, okay, Lord, that means I got to borrow more money to buy that house, even though I had a house that we currently lived in. Now, we had to build this house, so we couldn't buy the model home. We had to build the house. So I said, I want the model home. I want the house that the model home looks like. I want it exactly like the model home. And so we had that built. We did add some different things to make it really nice. But I'm struggling. Night after night, I'm struggling because the Lord says, buy that house. That means I got to borrow more money. I didn't want to borrow more money. But I had a word from God. Did you hear what I just said? I didn't say I wanted the house, so I went and got it. I said I didn't, I didn't want to borrow more money, but I had a word from God. There's a difference. And I struggled night after night, like that doesn't make sense. We had already got pre-approved and enough money to purchase the new home while still maintaining the home we currently had. So I said, you know what? 
We're going to buy the house. God's telling me to do it. My head, it doesn't make sense. The woman, God, the man of God tells her to go borrow all these vessels. That doesn't make any sense. I told you all I got is a little jar of oil. And you want me to borrow all these vessels? God's telling me, you want me to go buy this house? I'm already living in the current house. Well, we go, we sign the papers, and we commit. We had a little money saved to put on the... So I had that little money saved thinking if we're going to need to get out of this house, we would have to bring that to closing to get out, right? Because we're upside down. No, God said, use that little money, buy a new home. We use that little money. We bought a new home. And here we are. We got two homes. Okay. Okay. Y'all saying, okay, that's two home house payments that I did not want. You Who's tracking with me? Two house payments that I don't want. And so I'm like, okay, we got two homes. That's going to take three or so months to build or so. I, we've got two homes. You know, there's nothing to do over here. Lord, I, I'm feeling overwhelmed. You told me to borrow the money to do this. Now, before I continue the story, borrowing is not a sin. Let me say it again. Borrowing is not a sin. If, if, if your priority is to repay that which is borrowed, it's not a sin. Matter of fact, scriptures even command you to borrow. We see it here. There's other places where they, people have been commanded to borrow. Borrowing's not a sin, but borrowing is risky because it can get you in a place of debt. And debt means you don't have the ability to repay. Now, you have to get this. When you don't have the ability to repay, that's biblical debt, and that is a sin. Let me say it again. When you don't have the ability to repay, that's biblical debt, and that's the sin. But borrowing in and of itself is not a sin, but debt is. Matter of fact, there's a curse that David pronounced, I believe it's somewhere in, in Psalms, where it, the curse he pronounced on someone was let their creditors come and take all their possessions. That was a curse. And so, understand they were, the woman and her family was in debt, didn't have the ability to repay, but borrowing is not the sin. And so we borrowed to borrow money to purchase this home and we still owe money on the other home. So here we are. Uh, it looks like we're going to have two house payments, but I fully believe that I am hearing from the Lord. The Lord's telling me to do this. Well, I get a call a week later, and it's my dad. Hey, he, they live in Chicago. Hey, son, I just got a job in Charlotte. What? We want to move to Charlotte. We want to be close to y'all and the grandkids, so on and so forth. Uh, we're going to come down and look for a place to stay. <laughs> dad, don't look for no place to stay. I actually have a place for you to stay. What are you talking about? Well, we just bought a home and we need to leave this home. God worked it so quick that they stayed with us a couple of weeks. Look, look at this. So when he was, when, when I felt that intensity to go forward to buy the home, he was telling me, you got to get out of here because I made provision for this home for someone else. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Now, I want to finish this story, but Jeannie, you have to remind me the end story. So when I get to the end of this message and I forget, just lift up your hand and I'll remember. Okay, I want to finish this story. And so the man of God tells 
this woman, this widow, borrow empty jars, empty vessels. Get as many as you can. Now, she had to respond with faith. Did, did you hear what I said? She had to respond with faith. She could have said, well, that, that man of God don't know what he's talking about. Why am I going around asking all the people that I know for some empty jars? All I got is a little jar of oil, and he wants me to grab as many empty jars as I can. Uh, uh, some of you would only grab one or two jars. I hate to say it, but it's true. Some of y'all wouldn't have obeyed that to the fullest and just grabbed a, a jar or two. You would, you, see, you're, you, what he was asking her to do was release her faith through her obedience. This is how you're going to release your faith. How He didn't give her a, a maximum of how much to borrow. He said, go get as much as you can. So she does that. She goes, and he says very specifically, I love how the scriptures say this. He says, get your sons and shut the door behind you. That means don't tell nobody what's going on here. Someone asks you, well, why are you borrowing these vessels? I got, I, I, the Lord has need of these vessels. Uh, I'm, I'm obeying God. I'm going to get them back to you, right? I'm obeying God, but the Lord has need of these vessels. I'm just doing what the Lord's telling me to do. She gets a bunch of vessels. She, she gets them in the house. She shuts the door because the man of God says shuts the door. And the next verse literally said, when she got all the vessels of the sun, they shut the door. She obeyed everything the man of God said. And then as they shut the door, you're going to get me preaching over here, brother. As they, as they shut the door, she grabs the oil. The man of God said, open up the oil. This is a flask here. I do not drink, okay, but this is a flask. No, no, it's not. I don't drink. And if you carry around a flask, you're an alcoholic. If you wonder if you're an alcoholic or not, if you're carrying around a flask, you are an alcoholic. And so she opens up her jar. I don't even know how to open this up, but she opened up. Somebody in this church, I won't say no name, Steve, is the one. Let me borrow this. It's brand new, though, by the way. She opens up the jar. She begins to pour the oil. But I like verse 6. Put that on the screen for me, Kelly, if you don't mind. 2 Kings 4, verse 6. I like it. It says, when it came to pass, when the vessels were full, because she began to pour, and she began to pour, and she grabbed another vessel and began to pour, and began to pour, and began to pour. It said, when she full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. Watch this. So the oil sea. So what ran out first, the vessel or the oil? The vessels ran out before the oil ran out. Footnote here, we just came back on our sabbatical, and um, it is, it's true out there. There is more demand than there is supply. I mean, there, that, that is very true. Um, the, when we went on sabbatical, we, we said that we were going to go to all these different places just to hang out, get some family time, fellowship time, and we were going to spend a lot of money. We just knew that we were going to spend a lot of money, and we did. We spent a lot of money, more than I'm normally comfortable with. If you know me, I am not a big spender. Tasha's laughing because she's my admin. She knows I am not a big spender. And so the Lord said, go have fun. Don't don't think about the money. Now, that's really hard for me. Now, some of you, I need to say, think about the money. Okay? But for me, the Lord said, don't think about the money. 
And so I went out, we went to spending, and, and we went to these places, and you know, I got a family of six, so when you take somebody out to eat, uh, it's $100, okay? Easy, okay? And so, and everybody want their own dish. You know, come on, somebody, you know what I'm talking about. And so, now sometimes my, my son talking about he want the lobster. We ain't getting the lobster, okay? Until you get grown and make your own money, then you buy your own lobster, okay? You ain't, you ain't using lobster money on my, on my dime. And so, we go, we go out to eat. And we started noticing there's a, there's a lot of uh, demand, but little supply. I mean, when we were going out to eat, I mean, it was times that we were in restaurants an hour and a half. I mean, because they didn't have the, the, the waiters and waitresses to serve. Um, we, we stayed at some nice hotel. There was one particular hotel we stayed in, really, really nice hotel. I ain't going to say the name, but it was really, really nice. We paid a lot of money to stay in this hotel. It was my wife and I. It was her birthday. And we go and they said, hey, we've got so much lack of supply that we're not able to clean the room. But if you call, we can get someone to come clean, but we're not going to do it automatically. Uh, you have to call. Well, I, I'm a big, you know, just transparency and honesty. I like a clean hotel room every day. Every day. You, you, are you with me? If I'm going to stay in there multiple days, I want it clean every day. So I called at 1130. I said, Hey, listen, we're going to step out all day long. I want this hotel room clean, if you don't mind. We'll be back later on. And they said, we'll get it clean for you, Mr. Alexander. Yes, sir. We come back about 9 o'clock. The hotel room is dirty. I said, I went straight to the phone. I mean, I marched to the phone. I said, listen, I said, <laughs> I said. He's not, he not, he not on point. And so I, I went, I want this. I called 1130 and I asked for the room to be clean. You know, I, you know, I didn't cuss nobody out or anything. I'm, I'm just talking. I needed the room clean. They said, um, yeah, we didn't get that. I said, no, 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 no. You got that. Because I called, I confirmed, so on and so forth. I'm sorry. Room didn't get clean. We'll send someone up there right now. I said, and what I wanted clean was new towels. I wanted bed sheets changed. I don't know something about that. I like, I like the new bed sheets every night. Okay. And so I said, I want the new bed sheets changed and we you know just want it clean. And, and they said, oh, we'll get that taken care of. I said, how long do you think it'll take? They said, 20 minutes. I said, we'll step out for about an hour. Give y'all time. We'll come back. We stepped out, came back. Still dirty. Except there was a, a white pillowcase <laughs> sitting by the TV. Help me out, Gene. Sitting by the TV. It had some sheets in it. It also had some towels. I said, why did you leave it right by the TV? <laughs> <laughs> I said, why did you leave it by the... So I went straight to the phone. And my wife said, no. She said, we had a good day today. We're on sabbatical. And, and you know, just calm down. It's going to be fine. I could not believe that they brought the towels in the sheets, in the pillowcase, and left it by the TV. Like, you change your own sheets. You put your own towels on there. Oh, and we had some room service because the, the ferry guy came with room service. They left the room service there, too. I mean, you could at least took the room service with you. I'm talking about a five-star hotel. I'm not talking about the nickel and dime spot. We're talking about a nice hotel. So I said, you know what? I jumped in the back. Of the I didn't change no sheets. I jumped back in the bed. I said, okay. I'm in the bed. I stay in there. You know, we get up next day, and I said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send an email out 
I sent an email out to the general manager a couple days later. He called me, very apologetic, and they refunded us, praise the Lord. I mean, that was that nice of them to, but I, I let, you know, I let him know that I paid a lot of money to be here, and I wasn't expecting to change my own sheets, and he started talking to me about supply and demand. I mean, there's a big demand, but they don't have a lot of supply. And we're seeing that right now in our society that there's a lot of demand, little supply. That's just why you're seeing prices increase. Gas prices increasing. Prices for food. Stacy was telling me chicken wings you, you get for five, six bucks in, you know, at the store, $12, $13 now. I mean, prices are in increasing, which is creating uh, people like you and I, like, man, we got to really watch our money and how we're spending, right? But I got a word from God for you, that the oil will continue to flow. Do you receive that? That the oil will continue to flow. If you continue to place a demand upon what's necessary, the oil will flow. A part of there, you're going to see around our country, there are going to be some scarcity of some things. There's going to be a lack of some things, but not for you and I. This is a word for you and I. No lack. Somebody shout no lack. No lack for you and I because there won't be scarcity for the kingdom of God. There is no scarcity at True Life Fellowship Church. We can have what we say. This is what Mark 11, 24 talks all about. No scarcity. Matter of fact, I was going back and rereading uh, the plagues in, in, in Exodus. And I love what the Lord was telling Moses. It's like, you know what? The flies are going to attack the Egyptians. But for the people in Goshen, uh-uh, there won't be any flies over there. We're talking about the kingdom of God. I mean, we are in this world, but we are not of this world. Hallelujah. So there should be a separation. There should be a division. There should be a, a, a differentiation between the world and the kingdom. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Shout no lack. I'm telling you, there will be no lack. The oil will continue to flow. And the Lord spoke this to me. He said it to me back in 2017, I believe. And it reminded me again. He said, I will regulate your supply by your demand. This is what he told me. When you place a demand on something, I'll supply. But here's how the kingdom works. God is going to supply in direct proportion, in direct connection of your demand. This is how the kingdom works. Matter of fact, Luke 6.38. Let's look at that on the screen real quick. Luke 6.38. Give and to be given unto you. Watch this. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over we put into your bosom. Here's the part I want you to see. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now look at me for a second. He is going to measure and return back what you place a demand upon. So in essence, if you have a demand to pay your rent, God's saying, I will supply that demand. Listen to me now. You don't have to worry about is the rent going to get paid. God is saying, I'm going to regulate your supply by your demand. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. 
I told the Lord when, when, when we started this church, uh, 2011 or so, and, and I told the Lord, I said, if you want whatever, I'm going to endeavor to hear everything you tell me to do. And if I hear what you tell me to do, I'm going to do it because then I know that you're going to supply the demand. And so we had gotten tight. It was one particular year we got real tight and the money was tight and we didn't know how we we're going to pay the bills. And it was really tight. And I, and I had gotten to the point where I was taking over that fear of how are we going to do this? I was carrying it like how I was going to be embarrassed. We're going to get the building shut. I got to tell the church we lost the bid. We lost it. I mean, oh, oh. I said, nope. God told us to start. God told us to do this. This is God's thing. God, you, I mean, you, you're going to have to supply. We get a call from somebody. I remember it was on a Wednesday night. And they said, how much is, your, is the church's rent? Out of the blue, a guy don't even go to this church. I said, how much is the church's rent? And, and then I said, I got ready to tell him, because I was like, whoa, what's kind of interesting question? So I said, well, the rent, it, he said, no, it, it don't matter how much the rent is. As a matter of fact, God already told me to pay the rent for the church this month. So you just tell me, text me how much the rent is, and I'm going to send a check in the mail tomorrow. Hallelujah. God can get anything to you from anyone, anywhere, at any time. He can do it. Glory be to God. So the oil never ceased. It never ceased. When the demand kept coming with the vessels, the oil kept flowing. When the demand kept coming, the oil kept flowing. When the demand kept coming, the oil kept flowing. Are you listening to me? When the demand kept coming, the oil kept flowing. Man, my car broke down. I've got to have $372 to get this car fixed. That's a demand because I, I need to go to work and God wants me to work. When the demand is presented, the oil will flow. The oil will flow. Don't worry about where the money's coming from. The oil will flow. All you have to do is, am I, am I doing what God's asking me to do? Am I doing what he's telling me? The oil's gonna flow. You don't have to know how. She could not figure out how the, how the oil kept flowing on all these vessels in this little flask. She couldn't figure it out. But the oil will flow. This is where you have to have faith in God. So the oil is going to flow. And matter of fact, I, I feel led to say this to you. I heard this in my heart. And I'm going to say it to you. Sometimes God's budget is bigger than your budget. Oh, did you hear that? You got a little budget. This is what we can do. And God said, I'm, I'm trying to get you here. I'm trying to get you to believe on this level because I want you to increase. And if you can increase the way you think, and if you can increase in your demand, and if you can increase in your asking, then I can increase in my supply. Listen, truth be told, the supplier is always at the mercy of the one in demand. If I am supplying a tracks and you don't have no demand for it, I just got, I'm just sitting on a lot of inventory. So I'm at the mercy of the one who's in demand. Likewise, are you following me today? God is limited. Yes, I said he's limited by your request, your demand, your asking. Matter of fact, was it Psalm 78, 21? It says, you have limited the Holy One of Israel. You limited him. But he can do exceedingly abundantly above all we can dare ask or even imagine and think. But are our demands high enough 
for him to supply. Now, we know they're low enough because some of you are living paycheck and just now, you're just getting by and, and most, matter of fact, some of, most people living paycheck just getting by. It's time now to think on another level. But let's think a little higher. Let's think a little wider. Let's think a little deeper. Matter of fact, in times of scarcity that looks like our land is in, now there are a lot of jobs available, but there's, uh, there's going to be some scarcity that takes place with all this um, nonsense going on out in our, in our world. God will supply. He'll supply and he's a supplier and I can get it from a rock if I need to get it. Where God can deliver it and drop a bird off with some, with some groceries, praise the Lord. I mean, he can get it to you. But we got to demand it. And that word demand, you don't look at God, God, I demanded you. No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about it's a request. It's, a, it's an ask. Matter of fact, in Mark chapter 11, that word ask is defined as the word demand. It says there, um, ask, it says, what was it? Um, Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, but shall not doubt in his heart, but believe those things he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he said. Therefore I say to you, whatsoever you ask, believe that you receive and you shall have. That word ask is the word demand. Whatsoever you demand, believe you receive you shall have. Come on, somebody say, I shall have. Say supply. Say no lack. Now look at verse 7 here real quick. 2 Kings 4 verse 7. Take a look at, here, at this real quick. I love how it ends. So the oil in verse 6 ceased when the demand ceased. Then she came and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons live on the rest. Well, this is powerful. I want to finish the story that I told you earlier. Jeannie, were you about to raise your hand? Yes. So my parents moved down. And they lived in that, in that house. They came down. They loved it because they didn't have to look for a home. They, the, the home was sufficient for their needs. Um, they didn't have to put down payments down. I never increased the rent. I just said, hey, here's the rent. Would you mind paying the rent? We never increased the rent. And we just, it was just a great, a great God blessing gift to the Alexander family. And not just my parents, but for us too as well. The entire Alexander family was great. We were able to go and just make the payment on our home, which we are rapidly paying off in the name of Jesus. Who's with me? Who's rapidly paying your house off too? We are rapidly paying it off in the name of Jesus. Every time we write a check, it is reducing. And so we live in that home. It's doing quite well. Glory be to God. But this particular house, my parents lived there. They lived there for almost five years. Now, what happened between 2012 and 2017? The economy rebounded. Ooh, glory. And they, they say, hey, we're going to build a new home. Thank you for living here, but we're going to build us a home. And, and I thank you for providing this for us. I mean, that's great. When the economy flipped and it was booming and we went to sell, we had a buyer come to us. Now I was I was thinking we need to upgrade. There's a lot, you know how when you say if you ever sell a home, you gotta upgrade everything to get it ready to sell, which is what you should do, by the way. But you gotta upgrade it and and I was prepared. We gotta upgrade the fridge and the stove and the countertops, you know, all that stuff they run this list down, which you gotta upgrade. And I was prepared to do it all. But a buyer came and told my realtor and said, Listen, um, I'm a cash buyer and I, I'll I'll buy the home as is. And I said, okay, well, this is how much I want for the home. 
I told the number. This is what I want. This is what I was going to sell it for anyway. This is what I want. Even after upgrades, I was going to sell it for this price. And that person said, well, I can do it. It was 5000 less. I said, well, we're just going to sell it then. The person called back. I'll do the 5000 I'll match that price. And so we didn't even have to upgrade that home. So cash buyer came. I didn't even go to closing. I just sat in my office. Cha-ching, money hit the bank account. Now, understand, we were 12000 underwater in 2012. When we came back and sold a home, we got over, uh, over $35,000. Glory be to God. And now, now, here's the thing. Do you remember in verse 7? She took the oil, and the man of God said, what did he say? Do it. Go and just keep that oil, save it, uh, put it, put it up in the cabinet. Uh, put it out in the safe. <laughs> no, she, 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 you know, go put it in the garage and, and hold on because it's going to be a rainy day one day and, and put that oil up. So, no, did, did, did she do all that? No. He said, go and sell the oil. And watch this. Take care of that debt. Pay the debt. Pay the debt. He basically gave her a business. She got into the oil business. <laughs> she got in the oil business and started selling oil and getting the proceeds and used that money to pay off her debt. And it says you and your sons, once the debt paid off, you live on the rest. She's got a profitable business now. Simply through obedience and placing a demand on the Lord. Likewise, we took that additional money and we paid off debt. Hallelujah. And became debt free. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. God can get it to you. But it might not be the way you think. I did not think it was going to be borrow money to get a new home. And then hold on to that home and God was going to do I, I had I was so concerned about how are we going to make two house payments? I need to get a, a I need to get a renter in here. I, I need to figure out how we're going to I need to find a landlord because I don't want to be a landlord at the time. I need to find a landlord and, and so on and so forth. But God had an unusual way. What do you have in your hand? What do you have in your hand? Whatever is small, God can use it. Do you know how to cook? Start a cooking business. Can you cut grass? Cut some grass. Can you uh, make some cookies? <laughs> what, what can, you, can you produce eggs? Can you raise dogs? I know a family now that are raising dogs and paying off the debts from the preseason of just raising dogs. I mean, what do you have in your hand? Everybody has something. Everybody has something. And the most powerful thing that you possess, nothing more powerful than seed. Seed. Putting seed in the ground. Financial seed is powerful because it will produce in like manner. This is where offerings are about what well, a preacher just wants your money and I'm trying to get, no, no, I'm trying to get you to get seed in the ground that will produce enter into the kingdom of God and come back when you need it the most. This is what seed is all about. 
and you're doing it, your motivation is because you love God, you're thankful, but the power of a seed, whether that seed to you, $10,000, uh, may be, may, may be little to you. And that, that power, that seed, the importance of that seed, maybe you need to say, Lord, what is it that means something to me? Because if it means something to me, it'll mean something to you. This is why amounts not important because you could be you could be tight and five dollars could be meaningful, so meaningful to sow. I can tell you stories of sowing two dollars when that's really all I had. No job, I had two dollars, and God producing off seed sown. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead.